leakers today. Um, Justin threw out his back. And so I'm going to be hosting today. Uh, we're so pleased to have Jack Paxton on. Um, Jack, what's up? Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem, man. Um, Jack helps companies scale using ads. Since 2011, he's, he started top growth marketing and accumulated 200 million plus in profitable ad spend, working with $100 a day to $100,000 a day budgets. So we got a we got a veteran in the room. Um, he also does plenty of other things. Um, so, so yeah, um, you got you're in LA right now, right, Jack? Yeah, originally from Australia, but uh, moved to Los Angeles uh, maybe five years ago. Okay, cool. And what was the move for? Um, it was a bit of both. So it was half work, half girlfriend, now wife. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, man. Any uh, any kids on the way? Or thinking about kids? Um, everybody keeps asking us, but uh, not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I won't ask again. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, cool. Good to know that you're close, close to me. I'm down in uh, Orange County in Dana Point. Oh, so, nice. So yeah. I love Orange County area. Yeah. It's awesome. Much nicer beaches. Well, yeah, they're, you would, you would think they're not as crowded, but they're pretty dang crowded here. So, but, um, but yeah, so just going to go ahead and, uh, and get started here with some questions. And um, I'm sure that a lot of people, a lot of people are really excited about this interview. Uh, they know you do a lot of, a lot of stuff that they, a lot of ad leakers want to know about. They want to, you know, know your insiders, all your tips and pointers, because you've been through, been through quite a bit and um, helped a lot of companies scale and grow. And I've seen a lot of your case studies and it's pretty phenomenal in, in the stuff that you you're doing. And um, you have one, one of your courses or a couple of your courses um, on the vault. Um, mm -hmm. which I've, you know, listened to both of them, the whole thing. Um, and was it Instagram growth and Facebook marketing? I think you yeah, might have another two. one. Yeah, okay. I think there's, there's one on, there's one on viral giveaways, brand building, one on mm -hmm. ads. Um, yeah. So yeah, most of our, most of my background has just been running ads and then the products that we've created have been to try and cheat the ad networks pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I love it. Yeah. So that's one of the questions that I had about Viper. Um, so, so my question was, how do you, I mean, with Viper, you have these giveaways that are awesome giveaways. And if you haven't, if you guys haven't seen the case studies, um, he's helped companies grow, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, likes, um, all this, these crazy metrics. Um, how do you stay compliant with these giveaways? I think that's a question that a lot of people have. Yeah, so some of the main things you need to consider is really the platforms do not want to force their users to do anything. So really you want to make sure that you're making things optional. So having said that, back in the day, I'm sure you remember when they used to run giveaways where it was like, like and share this post to enter the giveaway. So they shut that down because on the platform, they were seeing that people were like, you know, they're gamifying engagement rates. And that was you know, skewing, skewing the way that that platform worked. So they said, no, you can't have it mandatory for them to like your page or do something. So you've got to make it so that it's optional. So the sign up of any giveaway, you need to make it so that anybody can do it without having to take any further actions. So for example, every giveaway should pretty much start with collecting just name and email or something like that. Yeah. And then once they go into the giveaway, then you can add in all of the bonus actions, which are um, optional. So you're not forcing anybody to do anything. And the other thing you need to remember is you need to have a random prize winner. 
So a random prize winner means that you don't have to have any skill set to win that prize. So you just got to make sure you have a random prize winner and then you can add in other um, prizes like, you know, first place, second place, third place to create some gamification and get some people, um, get some peeping, people kind of like out competing each other uh, by doing all those optional things like referring friends, engaging on social media, liking, following, that sort of stuff. As a brand, you don't necessarily want to say, hey, go like my page. You want to say, hey, go visit my page. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff is kind of like around the terminology that you use, but users who click through and if you have a good page and they're actually like interested in the content they're going to like it Mm -hmm. um so the main thing is just to remember just don't force participants to do anything Mm. and and you'll be okay um the other thing is that you know you don't want to host the giveaway on the ad platform so that's why you want to use like a third-party tool because obviously all of these ad platforms they read all your ads that that you post they read all the posts that you do um and you know they're looking out for you know, people trying to gamify that system. So when you're writing ads and that sort of stuff, you know, don't write, you know, like my page to enter. Don't write enter this giveaway and like my page. Keep it like more vague. So it's like, hey, we're giving away X, Y, Z, you know, enter here. So keep it about the benefit of entering. Don't make it about the actions that you're going to ask them to do in the giveaway. Um, And then you'll see, uh, and then you'll see it's kind of a lot easier to get stuff approved because if you go up and you create an ad and it's like, you know, like our page for hundred points, Facebook's going to see that and they'd be like, no, we don't want that on here. Um, so you've got to kind of keep that ad a little bit more benefits focused and the focus on the prize rather than focus on getting people to do the actions. Yeah. Once they get to the landing page and once they get to the thank you page of the giveaway, that's when, you know, you outline all the actions, how many points they get, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and you're doing with this, um, you're running ads for the giveaways um, on different all your customers platforms on their facebook yeah so yeah so a lot of the a lot of brands who use viper they'll they'll use ads as one of their main kind of you know traffic generation sources um and you know as you start looking at some of the different platforms uh you know facebook and instagram they've been around forever so they're a little bit more strict as you start doing you know like some people have had a lot of success running them on reddit um, some on tiktok some on snapchat um, and so these other platforms that have a ton of traffic, um, mm-hmm. you know, some, some people are seeing some success there as well. And it's mm-hmm. a little bit easier to, you know, just have a video explaining what the prize is and saying swipe up to enter. Yeah. That can usually be a much lower path of resistance for mm-hmm. people watching or people on the platform than it would be to have a written ad. Yeah. And so um, tell me the difference between um, these giveaways. Are you doing them organic as well? Yeah. Yeah. So brands will always just post to their social media organically. Um, You know, Facebook and Instagram are not as strict with their organic content because, you know, they're not really going through that manual process or that uh, review process that ads go through. Mm. Um, So you can be much more, uh, you know, you can include much more information in organic posts than you can in ads. And then of course, if an organic post is doing really well, a lot of the time people will pull that into their ad account. And once it's already got some engagement on it and everything, it's usually a little bit easier to get approved. Yeah. And so what, uh, so with these giveaways, I guess, not necessarily giveaways, but organic, um, what are some little things, let's say in the past few months that you have started doing or have been doing and all of a sudden it's like, wow, my clients are seeing some great traction from this. What are some, a few things that you could say 
I know you don't want to give away your whole, all your secrets, but. <laughs> no, no, like, you know, Viper is a self-serve platform. So we have tons of different brands running their own giveaways and we sort of give the advice and we give recommendations on what they should and shouldn't do in their giveaways. Um, you know, some of the main things are one, having a prize that aligns with your target market. Um, you know, people who just give away an Amazon gift card, they get tons of entries, but the lead quality is really low. Mm. They don't end up converting into customers. So you get a massive email list that, you know, not a very high amount of them are interested in buying your product. Mm -hmm. So one of the core things you got to remember when you're creating these giveaways is have a prize that's going to attract the right person. Because if you don't attract the right person, then that person's not going to actually turn into revenue later on down the line when you've nurtured that person and they're in the position and they're ready to buy your product. Mm -hmm. So having a relevant prize is super important. Um, using the bonus actions is really good for, um, you know, getting people to tag friends in posts, getting people to share posts, um, getting people to leave comments on posts, that sort of thing, because that social engagement is a great way to, show that your brand is interesting and people should take note without you yourself having to say, Hey, my brand's awesome. Stop scrolling mm. and take a look. Mm. So if I was to tag, you know, you in a post um, that was giving away a Tesla or something, you would think that like, Hey, Jack's telling me about this giveaway. It's not like Tesla is telling me about this giveaway. Yeah. Um, so it's much more, uh, I would say it's less promotional on the brand side when other people are introducing the giveaway to their friends, families, colleagues, whatever it may be. Yeah. So using the tags, the shares, and that sort of stuff is really good. Um, you know, the value of a like is definitely not as high as it used to be. Um, so, you know, we don't usually suggest, you know, trying to just run giveaways to build likes. Um, you kind of want to collect the email and the phone number, um, mostly just because those are two contact points that you can re keep reusing over and over again. And, you know, they can't decrease your deliverability on that. Like, you know, with a Facebook page, your organic reach is just so small compared to what it used to be. Yeah. And all the platforms do the same thing at this very start. They give you massive engagement. They help you build massive audiences. And then over time, as they need to monetize more, they start restricting the organic reach. Yeah. Um, but if you do a email or a phone number, you know, they can't really restrict that unless people are uns um, unsubscribing pretty much. Yeah. But if you have good email drips, then, you know, that's, that's a good way to keep people engaged, keep people interested and then convert them into customers over time. Yeah. And what kind of tools are you using for, for all this? So what kind of tools are you using for organic, for email, for getting these lists and everything? Yeah, we are like our agency mostly works with e-commerce brands. So we're pretty much always using Klaviyo. Um, cool. They introduced SMS, which has been awesome just because having it in one place is really good, but we used to use Autogen a little bit. Um, we used to use Octane a little bit. Um, those are pretty good, but, uh, but yeah, having everything in Klaviyo has really helped kind of streamline everything and make sure there's not too much overlap. And it's also kind of made the text and email automations a lot more in sync. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, you want to collect the emails, put them into your ESP, so email service provider, we use Klaviyo for e-commerce brands and then usually Drip for SaaS companies. Um, we find that the integrations with those two and the ad platforms is really good. And then the automation power is pretty good on those two as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, we, we use Klaviyo for sure. We really like Klaviyo a lot and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, do you have any... Uh, do you mess with influencers? Do you have anything to do with influencers? Okay. 
Yeah, so um, we don't necessarily scout influencers or anything, but the brands we work with will usually have like maybe five or six influencers that they'll work with already. And then we'll pitch them idea to, you know, post about the giveaway and then we'll get access to that page and promote that giveaway through paid ads. Got it. Um, and so this is another really good strategy to make it look like that, you know, other people are hyping up your brand rather than the brand hyping themselves up. Yeah. Because nobody likes a kid who's sitting there bragging about themselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if there's gossip going around that this kid's great, yeah. um, you know, you're much more likely to get that, that positive yeah. attention. Yeah. So leveraging influences for that is really good. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the time we, we, we do run ads through influencer pages too. Um, the organic stuff we haven't had as much success with just because I don't think that's kind of what we're, what I call, uh, kind of services. So we're not as good as it as some other people. Yeah. Um, so organic stuff will just kind of like refer out to people. Yeah. But then once they do have that set of kind of like, they only need like five to 10 influencers with 10,000 to 50,000 followers. As long as you have that, um, swipe up feature, that's really the golden metric, uh, for the minimum amount of followers you want to have. And you know, once you create a good relationship with just five or six of them, um, you've got plenty to scale to, you know, millions of dollars a year in ad spend. Yeah. Um, you've worked with quite a bit of companies. Is there a specific niche or are you industry agnostic? Um, I would say we probably stick mostly to apparel, um, fast moving consumer goods, like food. So beverages, foods, that sort of stuff. I would say those are a majority of our clients. And then we do go outside of the box and, and work with a few other brands, depending on kind of what the relationship with them is. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we usually stick to that. Um, even though we have some SaaS platforms, we usually don't, uh, <laughs> don't take on too many SaaS clients. It's, and, you don't you know, market, and you don't market it. Um, our platforms, um, so for example, Viper will run Google ads. Um, okay. I uh, meant like, like, like as a case study, like you wouldn't have it up on our uh, website. Um, I think like the main one would probably be AppSumo. They would probably be the only case study we have on like a SaaS B2B. That's great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say, yeah, it's mostly e-commerce just because once you have a good process and a good system, um, I'm sure there's tons of agency owners in here. Um, once you have a good system for a specific type of business, a specific range, um, you know, you just have those standard operating procedures that work so much easier than trying to ad adapt those to a different industry or a different, you know, stage of growth that someone's in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for anyone listening, like choose a stage, like whether it's early, middle or large, and then choose an industry. Um, and then we kind of just like do dominate that across multiple platforms. Yeah. Um, live and breathe, so live and breathe this, live and breathe this specific niche and dominate that niche. And then, would you say create a different landing page for a different niche or would you say just have it all on your same website? Um, so it really depends on the brand. Um, or are you saying like, as in our agency side? Like a, as, in, cause there are a lot of agency owners here and trying mm -hmm. to scale and, or have already scaled. But um, a lot of people would, I guess, want to know and, and myself would want to know too is, um, is what you do, would you, you know, have specific landing pages for certain niches or how would you go about doing that? I would definitely do that. Um, we like for every agency owner, that easiest way to get new clients is from their existing clients. Mm. Um, you know, when you have that warm intro, you have that sales call, it makes so much, it makes it so much easier when you have that connection, that touch point already. 
mm-hmm. converting someone who's never heard of you before into a client is a lot more work. So start off by trying to, you know, tap out on your existing customers via referrals. You know, we give discounts on invoices if anybody refers another friend or something like that. Mm. So, you know, try that first. If that doesn't work, then I would definitely create landing pages per industry. Mm. Um, but, you know, start off with one industry. So start off with your homepage, just being about the core things that you do. Um, you know, I say this, but we don't have landing pages for each industry mm. um, because most of our stuff is based off kind of like intros and referrals. Yeah. Um, and then we actually lead most of our people to our testimonials um, and then our courses um, and then our live recordings that we do with like Shopify and stuff. That credibility um, converts people much better than a landing page about how I can market automobile companies. That's people should tattoo that in their foreheads. <laughs> <laughs> Have other people tell you, tell them how great you are, not yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. I came from the real estate industry doing some marketing for them and they mm-hmm. love to talk about their latest listing. They love to talk about themselves i'm not saying all of them do because there's some great ones out there but Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely let other people talk about how great you are um cool and then uh i guess the big gorilla in the room i think it started today ios 14 um how are you prepping what are your what are your insights on it what do you think about it um you know it's obviously unfortunate for media buyers um it makes makes that job a little bit harder but you know just make sure you verify your domain Make sure you set up the uh, conversion API, which is super easy in Shopify. Um, It's gonna help Shopify uh, a lot, I think, because anybody who's not using Shopify is probably gonna be seriously considering it just because the setup is so much easier via that. Um, So, you know, that's a big plus with Shopify. Um, You know, obviously Apple was a bit of a jerk in, you know, how they're restricting the data, especially to the app developers. So I think it's probably, there's going to be some backlash at some point, I think, about people trying to leave the app store and the Google store and find alternate ways to um, collect payments um, because they already take 30% and now they have kind of killed the revenue stream of advertising for a lot of apps. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, You know, we haven't really seen a huge drop yet just because we'd already set up the domain tracking uh, sorry, the domain verification, our standard events, and the conversion API, like kind of like a month ago. So we haven't seen anything yet, but I'm assuming this month, this week, I would say is probably going to be a bit of a drop. Um, the main thing is the education and the relationship with the client now. Um, you know, instead of just relying on like, hey, this is your ROAS result and we're doing a great job, it's more like, okay, how are the total numbers growing now? and building that trust so that they know that like, hey, you know, even though not all of this is tracking in Facebook ad platform like it used to, I know that you're still doing a good job because these indicators are improving. Um, So I think you're going to have to start looking at your performance more on a holistic basis. And, you know, if you're only doing Facebook ads, um, you're going to want to try and diversify. Like over the last kind of like six to 12 months, we've really tried to diversify a lot into like other platforms um, and also take over the email, not just the ads so that we can be responsible for like most of the revenue coming into these brands mm. and our impact is kind of like all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way that we've sort of tried to reposition ourselves a little bit instead of just being Facebook ad agency, which is pretty cutthroat now because the ROAS, you know, is getting restricted. Um, so I would say that those are a few things to, to take note of if you're an agency owner, 
Um, the other thing, the last thing I was going to say is, you know, this is probably going to be a better step to better tracking in the future. Like, you know, I can't imagine Facebook and Google being too happy about this. So I'm sure they'll be looking for other ways to get their data out of their, out of their um, Apple apps. Yeah. So, you know, it could be a positive thing in the long run. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So <clears throat> me and Justin were talking about uh, Van Oaks and how he does his VIP referral program and stuff. Um, are you doing something like that as well? Like uh, he sends for every dollar spent, he sends a card or whatever. Um, are you doing something like that? And if so, can you kind of explain what, what you're doing on that basis? Yeah. So in Vibe, we did build out like the referral aspects uh, to bring in the monetary value. So that meaning if you're running a Vibe giveaway, you can connect your Shopify store. And then that Shopify store will pass back the purchase information on any referrals. So every, everybody who enters a giveaway gets a unique link. Then they share that link. If any of their referrals purchase something, they'll get points. Or if they purchase something, they'll also get points. So we do tie in the conversion of a purchase and reward participants in a reward program or a giveaway. They're very similar. It's just the way that you kind of like position it. Yeah. Um, but having said that, like most of our customers are really just looking to collect the email and the phone number. And they know that the conversion happened at a later date. Um, you know, there's not a huge amount of volume in trying to run a giveaway that includes like purchase referrals um, and then a rewards program. I would say, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's probably, you probably want to separate your giveaway and your rewards program, I would mm -hmm. say. Like a giveaway is kind of like a one-off thing. Usually we see brands do it like maybe once a quarter or something around an event, like a Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the... The, the rewards aspect is there for people who want to set it up. But yeah, we definitely focus more on the giveaway and the contest as there are kind of like, I would say better referral programs out there yeah. um, that are more built into the platform. And I think that's what their focus is. The other yeah. thing is like, whether you choose to have a referral program or an affiliate program, that's another really big question that we see a lot of brands go through. It's like, okay, which one should we have? Um, you know, the affiliate program is more B2B stuff. So it's like, okay, this person's actually making a living from referring people to software companies or brands or whatever. Yeah. And then the, the rewards program is kind of like an Uber. It's just like the consumer is just trying to get $10 off. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it works really, really well if you can make people actually care enough to go and do it, mm -hmm. um, which can be tough um, yeah. because people are kind of lazy sometimes. And yeah. also it's... You know, also it's a little bit spammy sometimes asking like people like, hey, sign up to my link. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so some people don't want to do that too. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. I think referrals work really, really well. Obviously the ROI on referral marketing is massive. It just takes a long time to figure out like how to implement it properly, how to incentivize people to do it. And like most things, it's 80-20. You know, you'll have 20% of your customers referring 80% of the referrals. Yeah. Um, whether that be the referral program or an affiliate program. Um, I think with affiliate program, it's even less. It's probably like top 10%. <laughs> refer 90% of the sales. Yeah. Yeah. And then are you, um, what's your role in creatives? Do you, does your agency have creatives? Do you have just, you outsource it? What do you do? Yeah. So we have an in-house creative and copy team. Oh, cool. And the main thing is like, you really need to control that just because if you're not controlling it, it makes it very hard to make your ads work. Um, because, you know, creative is becoming more and more important. 
as the ad platforms try and automate more and more of the media buying. Mm. So what it comes down to is how well you can display your value proposition for the product, how well you can write copy to engage people, how well you can create creative to stop people from scrolling. Yeah. And then, you know, the ad networks are trying to kind of like take out the targeting aspect by using data, which I know it's probably going to go in the opposite direction for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you're, if you're not doing the creative, you definitely need to have the setup so that you are giving creative briefs or something Mm -hmm. to whoever is creating it. Mm -hmm. So back when we started, we didn't have a um, copy or creative team. And we would just write up creative briefs that we would give the brand or to the designers who were freelancing for the brand or something. And that would help a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely think, you know, the creative side of things is is definitely getting more and more important. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you can, as an agency, like, you know, bring that in-house, I would definitely try and do it. Now, we don't do photo shoots or anything um, just because that production cost can go through the roof depending on which brand you're working with. Like Mm -hmm. there's some brands we work with that will do a $100,000 photo shoot um, and there's some brands who just want to take photos on their iPhone and send us the image. And then we, we make that into a great looking ad. Yeah. So what we decided to do was we like, don't do any of the production of the photo shoots or anything. We'll just take your content and we'll just make ads from that. Um, and we'll slice and dice and make it into videos and that sort of stuff. And we'll take social content, review content, um, any type of content they've created and then make, make stuff from that. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be the easiest way to work with clients, especially if they go and do a photo shoot and you recommend what they should be shooting or yeah. you give them a shot list um, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. What's the next big uh, big account you're trying to go after or who would you love to work for? One of your dream accounts? Uh, a dream account? Um, God, that's, I really have wanted to work with more of the, like, I really like travel and we've never really worked with a travel backpack company. Okay. I see like the nomadic backpacks and all that sort of stuff. And I think they've done a relatively good job. Like they scaled really well. Yeah. Um, And so like working with guys, uh, companies like that, I think would be interesting. Yeah. Um, Now the travel is kind of coming back a little bit. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have wanted to work with those companies for the last year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, But maybe moving up. Yeah. Because I think, you know, the backpack stuff and like there's these little niches where like people just, check out and they yeah. like level like the little features like how many pockets how many things bluetooth um, you have you have power chart battery banks and all this crazy stuff yeah yeah so i think it would be pretty interesting to advertise that sort of stuff um yeah. and then yeah the apparel company stuff that we do is really interesting because that's constantly changing they're constantly doing these like new drops constantly doing these collaborations so there's a lot of stuff that's always changing in the uh in the apparel space isn't that crazy yeah yeah doing all these crazy sorry go ahead i was gonna say especially when they start partnering up with other brands and that kind of introduce you to other brands and other partners that sort of stuff so yeah there's a few like really good apparel brands that we work with that do a great job of that yeah i love the designers um who partner up like there's one called joe fresh goods and then there's brain dead who are like i love the stuff they're doing collaborating with every brand out there it's kind of like the Travis Scott McDonald's collaboration. It's like, you would never think that brain dead would partner with like North face or, but these companies like North face in like, you know, I don't know, Tommy Hilfiger, whatever are partnering with these, with these amazing designers and or companies. And it makes them look 
like rad. Like I want to start wearing your stuff. If I didn't before, now I do like Carhartt, like all the collaborations with Carhartt, their marketing team is so smart for doing these collaborations because I don't know how much it costs for them, but I feel like everyone's benefiting from it. They're benefiting, the designer is or whoever it is. And then the, obviously the consumer as well. It's kind of like that Supreme um, thing. There's a documentary on Supreme, how um, they started collaborating with this, you know, they also started kind of like, you know, uh, offshooting some things that they're making. I don't know if they got in trouble for it. I think they did a little bit, but it's just, that's why it's so expensive. It's because of those like special unique collaborations and like their jackets are, you know, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, but mm-hmm. it's, it's so crazy to have that, to get to that point to where people are paying that much money for something that's, you know, going to run out very soon. So it's just, yeah. Well, that's the other thing with apparel. Like it's all about creating that exclusivity, creating mm-hmm. that, you know, massive amounts of FOMO. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's, that makes it really interesting and really fun to advertise because you're like, okay, well, how do we make this so desirable that, you know, people are literally checking their phone every five minutes for the, for the drop yeah. on Wednesday when we're going to release it. Exactly. Um, so that stuff's really fun. Um, and then especially if the, the brand, like if you're, if you're just doing the ads and everything, especially if the brand is proactive about that stuff and like taking on the ideas that you're sharing with them, that's when the collaboration works really, really well between agencies and brand. Exactly. And I think there's some that just, they meet up probably and it probably just does not work. They don't click or something like that. But um, yeah. there's the, be- the best job I've ever seen done of that collaboration is with, I, th- I forgot if it was Adidas or what it was, but Braindead did something with, I think it was Adidas or Reebok, um, mm. and they they had a complete video over the shoe, and like they made it look like this guy was from you know the movie Jurassic Park, and he was mm. like he was a an ancient you know relic study. He was a philosopher, whatever he was. He was like studying like ancient fossils and stuff, and he like yeah. saw, <laughs> he like saw these symbols and these rocks, and then like it formed this triangle and it made a shoe, and then like. <laughs> these shoes were worn by the gods and stuff. It was the, it's the coolest like marketing piece I think I've ever seen. And they did a great job on everything from start to finish. But Braindead is like one of my favorite companies. Um, I love, I love people like Virgil Abloh and like Braindead and all those designers are just, they, they get me. So if, if I think that would probably be one of my. Yeah. I think it was Reebok. Reebok shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Brain dead classic leather shoes. Yeah, man. If you, you guys can things on the side. If you if you add league, you're just gonna look that up. It's it's a, an amazing, like one of the best done marketing pieces I've ever seen. It's funny. It's super funny to me. I was laughing my ass off because this guy's hilarious. Um, and the shoe, I wouldn't probably I probably wouldn't buy the shoe or like wear the shoe, but like I probably would just because you appreciate of the market. it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably leaving my closet, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you'll, they have like you'll, a you'll tell enough too. people, someone will buy it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just honestly sh- send that video to like all my friends because it's such an amazing, they did such a great job with it. Um, the storyline behind it, they probably had a whole team working on this, but. Yeah, yeah. well, that's kind of the way it's going, isn't it? It's like, you know, entertainment value is becoming more and more important in advertising. Um, yeah. yeah, people aren't necessarily as interested as they used to be in like educational stuff. It's more like, no, entertain me. I don't want to be educated. Yeah. Just like make me yeah. laugh, smile, or cry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they, and I think um, I always say that personality is everything because it shines through your business and everything that you do. So like, that's why all these TikTokers and YouTubers are so, 
are so um, powerful right now is because they are a personality. And just as, you know, Steve Jobs made Apple kind of his personality, the same thing that's happening right now. I, I just, the whole TikTok house thing is just how these kids are like buying houses and stuff. It's so early. I'm, I'm a millennial. So like, that's all new to me, but like, it's so crazy when I heard about that whole TikTok house thing It's just people, people gravitate towards personalities and that's when they see through their brands and advertising and everything. So. Yeah. Well, TikTok's just a whole beast of its own. So we started doing some stuff with TikTok and, you know, so far it's like, hasn't been that great ROI, but you can definitely see the engagement and the reach and everything like that happening. Um, and, you know, I think as it matures a little bit, it'll get better and better. Um, you know, the main thing there is just like, they are just so strict with the ads that you put on mm. there. It's unbelievable. Like every single ad you have to go through multiple rounds of revision. Mm. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's weird too. Like, um, you know, AdLeaks posted one of a guy named Kyle Roof SEO genius and we got like mm -hmm. 70,000 views and then like the next five you'll get like 100 or 200 and then all yeah. of a sudden you'll get another one that's like 100,000 it's just it seems a little bit random to me I know it might not be but but it seems a little bit random on I don't know yeah, yeah well we've noticed that the traffic coming from TikTok is just pretty pretty low quality really so I'm not sure how much of those views are actually real yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or like what they count a view as like 0.2 of a second <laughs> well I what what I've seen is that what I've seen is that like when you start an account sometimes you'll post something random and all of a sudden it'll get like a, a ton of views and I think what TikTok is doing is they're giving you all those views so that you stay on and you're like oh I'm actually good at TikTok <laughs> yeah, yeah. which would be which would be smart on their part I don't know if they're allowed to do that but it's their platform so um and then you're like, oh my gosh, I want to keep posting, keep trying so that I get another one. And then you, and then you stop <laughs> and then you post something else like a few months later and all of a sudden it gets a ton of views again. So you stay on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They um, keep you hooked. <laughs> exactly. But no, it's um, an interesting platform. I don't know if, uh, I, I'm sure it will do well over time. Um, at the moment, we're not seeing uh, as good ROI as kind of like Google and Facebook and some of the more traditional ones. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that will change over time as they try and as they figure it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, um, uh, so you had, uh, we, in the interest of time, um, I think we're probably going to do another like 10 minutes or something like this. Um, so we we're talking about some calculators that you have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you can kind of, I guess just, oh, I'll give you the mic and you can kind of talk about what they are and, and, uh, share them, I guess. Yeah, sure. Let me share my screen. Um, because yeah, I was talking and then I was like, yeah, we've been using these calculators a little bit to uh, talk to clients. So we find that when we have a conversation with a client and we use the calculators and we use data, the conversation usually goes a lot better. Yeah. So everybody listening, I'll like give you a template of this so you can just copy it. But, um, but essentially we're kind of just putting in some basic, you know, benchmarks so that we're kind of giving people an expectation a little bit of where they should be for each one of their, their metrics. And of course this will change from client to client, but this is kind of like the general kind of metrics that we're looking at. Um, and then, you know, what we do here is we kind of like try and break down, uh, you know, a combination of what their current metrics are and where we want their metrics to be in order to be successful. 
Mm. So in these calculators, um, there's a few that I'll show you. Um, this is the more complex one. So not like you could, you probably don't have to start with this one. This one would be like much bigger brands. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially what you do is you put in your previous month's data and it will kind of hopefully give you a prediction on, you know, where all, all your stats are going to be. And then you can just mess around with all the different inputs. Got it. So for example, we'll have a conversation with a client and we'll say, okay, well, you know, this was your, this was your traffic and your add to cast and your purchases and everything. Um, and, you know, this was your CPM. Now, what if we change the CPM to 10? What if we got it cheaper? Or what if we change your click-through rate to like 4%? Um, or if we increase the frequency or something like that. So you can start playing around with this and it will kind of calculate, you know, what to expect based off your last month's data. Hmm. And so we'll kind of have this conversation and a lot of the time it will come down to, you know, like where the frequency's at, um, what the average water values are, um, what the profit margins are. And you can start having those conversations with clients if they have like really bad profit margins or if they have really bad conversion rates, you can kind of show them the impact that that has on their end results. Mm -hmm. So as you put in all of this stuff, you end up with a big output of all of the different um, metrics that you know, matter to a brand. So it's, you know, total revenue, total expense, their ad spends, their profits, cost of goods. Um, but this, as I was saying, this is much more complex than, than what a usual brand would be. And a lot of the time we just want to make clients comfortable with spending money to acquire the first time customer, you know, at a little bit over break even mm. because the clients that come to you and they're like, yeah, I want a 20 ROAS or a 10 ROAS or whatever it may be. Um, you know, they're the ones that get stuck only advertising at the bottom of the funnel. Whereas all the successful brands, you really need to open up the top of the funnel to expand the bottom of the funnel. Um, and it really works in the way that, you know, it's not going to convert the first time they see your ad. Um, yeah. That's just the reality of it. People do shop around, people price comparison shop, they feature comparison shop. There's so much data available for customers. Um, so yeah, this is a good one to talk about. And that's phenomenal. That's super. That's must have taken you a while to, are you an Excel genius or what? Um, I was working on this with someone on our team. So we had like a template that we got from somewhere and then we kind of just like expanded on that and improved on it to uh, kind of meet the criteria and the needs of what we were trying to do. Um, yep. This is a much more simplified one, mm. which I suggest people start with. Because um, one of the biggest conversations we have when, you know, like performance drops or something's not working out as we want, um, we come in here and you just put in some basic information. And at the end of it, you'll get what the outputs are. So one of the biggest ones is we'll be like, okay, a client conversion rate is at 1%. So like, okay, well, we want to be at a five ROAS, but you're at a 1% conversion rate. You're like, okay, well at that, you're going to be losing money. You know, your ad realize is going to be 0.72 based off $10,000 spent at a $1 cost per click. And we also tie in our averages. So we're like, okay, for Facebook, you know, if you're at a dollar cost per click, that's, that's pretty good um, for a conversion campaign. So you can then play around with this and you'd be like, okay, well, if we get it to 2%, then we actually, you know, then we start to uh, have a better ROAS. And if we get to 3%, that's when we can really start scaling. Yeah. Um, so in here, you kind of just put in the, the main inputs um, and it's really simplified. So even the non-technical clients can kind of get this one. Yeah. Um, and then the more technical clients, you can use the other one on because that will scare the shit out of people. If, uh, oh yeah. If you're, if, you're, if you're a small business and you don't have someone who actually studied this um, and you see that the more complex one, you would look at the first page and be like, 
I trust you. Do have all my money. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So are you, I do not expect you to give this away, obviously, but are they going to just kind of look at this for the viewers? Um, Are you going to, you're not going to send a link to this, are you? Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll send a link. Um, Really? Yeah. They just Google, they just Google docs. Um, I'll just send a view one and you can just copy it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you guys can use that. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, Thank it's, you so it's super much. useful. Um, I would say start with this one. This okay. one's just like, we probably default to this one more just because it's easier to talk to the mm. other one just gets like too complex, um, yeah. too quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it makes having these conversations with clients, especially when you see a drop in performance a lot easier. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as an agency owner with this uh, stuff coming out around, you know, restricted data, drop in conversions, all that sort of stuff, you know, a lot of clients or a lot of brands will say like, okay, that's just an excuse for you guys not doing a good job. But once you actually start looking at all the data and you start using these things to talk to them about it and show them, um, they'll start to understand it a lot better. Yeah. Um, but Yeah. The people who are, who, you know, those SEO companies or whatever, who say they're doing stuff for you, but they're just sitting around clicking buttons and don't know what they're doing and just taking your money. Um, they, they will not have this. So like, this is, this provides so much trust for your, for your client. Yeah. And what we're finding, like, especially over the last year, um, you know, during such rocky times, you know, it really comes down to how much your client trusts you. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody goes through, uh, good and bad patches. Mm-hmm. And if they try and really cr- trust you and you have a great relationship, you know, you make it through that rough patch and then you see the light at the end of the tunnel and then you take off from there. Yeah. Whereas if the client doesn't trust you or if you don't have a good relationship, you know, that's usually the, the time in which they change agencies. Yeah. Well, um, if you have this kind of stuff, I think you, hopefully they won't switch as much. I think this is amazing, man. This is so cool. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll send the link over to this, um, and yeah, we can just post in the group or something. Uh, well, yeah, send it over. It. If, if uh, we can do the post for you, if you don't want to do it, um, but just send it over to me and we, and we can make that happen. Okay, for sure, man, I'll do that. Um, and yeah, that was kind of all I wanted to go over on the calculator stuff, just because it's helped us so much this last few weeks um, yeah. or last few months, I would say. Yeah. And it's been a strategy that's been working really well for, um, you know, it's been working really well for getting, getting clients to understand, you know, what the impacts of, you know, CAPI is um, and, you know, why, why the results might be going south uh, rather than north. um, But yeah, that's made that conversation a lot easier. Yeah. Um, So let's go ahead and wrap up here. So you, uh, do you have any um, thing you want to say to the audience when it comes to where to find you or what you're up to or any speaking engagements yeah, sure. So at the moment, um, uh, okay. So we run top Red marketing at agency. You can find me there for marketing stuff. Uh, we run Viper.ai, uh, which is all of the, um, all of the giveaway stuff. So that's software company. Uh, we released Hyax, H-Y-A-X.com, um, this year, uh, which helps people build courses, sales funnels, memberships, all that sort of stuff. And then a complimentary product um, is called HighPage, H-Y.P-A-G-E. Um, so that is a Linktree BioLink app that mm. you can essentially uh, sell memberships on, sell products on. So we're releasing that um, pretty much this week. So that'll be pretty cool. 
Um, so definitely check that out um, and hit me up if you want an account for that because we're just kind of trying to onboard and get a bunch of beta testers in there, um, getting us to help find and identify bugs or improvements we can make because yeah. that'll be launching later on AppSumo. Um, yeah, sweet. And so, yeah, hit me up if you want an account on that. Um, and those are the main places you can find me. Those are the main projects I'm working on. Um, you know, I'm in the AdLix group, so, you know, just find me at, uh, when you hit Jack Paxton. Um, I'll pop up if you've got any other questions. What about uh, what about saving puppies? You didn't say anything about that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, before we jumped on this call, actually, um, yeah, Luke was asking me a few questions about, uh, you know, some funny facts and uh, about about two or three weeks ago. So we, me and my wife, we foster puppies. Um, she's the instigator and I just have to go along with it. But, um, but essentially we foster puppies and I think it was like two or three weeks ago, we had, um, we had this girl come around to come and pick up her puppy because she just adopted it and uh, it ended up being Pink, the singer. So that was, so that was my interesting fact for the month. <laughs> so you got to meet her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she came awesome. around to our house and played with the dog for a little bit and asked a bunch of questions. And then now the dog lives on a 200-acre ranch up in San Inez, which is having a great time probably. Oh, I bet. <laughs> what kind of dog was it? Uh, so we got them as puppies. So there were three weeks and they were pit bull labs. Oh, there you go. So super cute little uh, black pit bull labs. And so I'm sure it's going to be a very big dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Uh, I, I didn't know much about you before I talked to you, but I really appreciate talking to you. I think you're a super awesome guy. Are you in South County? Or are you, where are you in, in LA? Yeah, so we're in Venice. Um, oh, you're in Venice? Yeah. Yeah, so we were, we were originally in Culver City, which is a bit more central. And then uh, within the last year, we were like, uh, well, we need to be close to the beach now. Yeah. <laughs> nothing else to do in the city. Jack, do you um, surf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet awesome. all the stereotypes of an Australian. <laughs> no, that's great, man. I'll, I'll have to come up there and, and hit some waves for you. It's super good this weekend. I'm going down to Mexico. Um, it's nice. going to be phenomenal this weekend. I don't know if the LALC, it's more of like a south swell. but Yeah, we had a bit of swell this week um, and this weekend. But yeah, you're right. Like LA gets sheltered a little bit. It's much better further down south. Um, yeah, but when when it's good in LA, we love coming up to LA, down to up to some of the spots up there. Um, mm. But are you a long border, short border? Uh, I'm both. So I used to be short border only, and then uh, you know, Los Angeles is a bit of a small wave <laughs> location. Yeah. So when you're surfing like Sunset or Venice. Or those sorts of spots, I'll, I'll jump on a longboard. But um, then when we go a bit further south down, like El Porto or Manhattan, that sort of stuff, we'll, we'll usually do the shortboard. That's awesome. Yeah, I got a mid-size, like a 710. Um, oh, nice. And I can pretty much take it anywhere I want, which is super cool. Um, but yeah. you got to come... duck dive it, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit easier than a normal longboard. But um, you got to come down to um, South County and come down to like San Onofre and places like that. Um, mm -hmm. Take your longboard. It's, yeah. it's the funnest time, man. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll hit you up later and see if you're available, but it's super fun down yeah. here. Yeah, dude, I'd be down. Like um, we have a little surf group that we, we go on trips every now and again. And uh, oh, cool. we've, we've gone down South a few times. Um, so yeah, definitely let me know. We maybe might, uh, might organize a surf. Yeah, man. Uh, San Onofre, when the swell is good from like Southwest, it's all time. Like the tr when, when you go down to trails, it's all yep. time. It's so, it's so fun. Yeah, I've surfed trails before. Um, oh, you have? Yeah, I think um, it's inner and outer, isn't it? Uh, yeah. 
So yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a long walk. Um, but it's pretty much, it's, it, there's peaks like pretty much everywhere on trails. And when it's, mm -hmm. when there's a swell, it's, it's the best surf I've had in South, in South County. I mean, I'm not really that great of a surfer, so I don't go to like trestles or like the gnarly places where all the pros go, but um, mm -hmm. I'll go to trails and have the best time swim with dolphins. And it's, it's just so yeah. fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. I do remember like maybe a year or two, I went down and did like a bunch of spots um, around like all the way down to San Diego sort of thing. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, it was super fun. Like the beaches are so much nicer down there. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they are really <laughs> nice. They are really nice, especially if you go to like Laguna. Not as good for surfing, but there's yeah. a lot of really good stuff. You get on the Oceanside, there's always surf at Oceanside Pier. Um, mm -hmm. But there's some really cool stuff there. I always say that San Diego is like LA mixed with Orange County because you got yeah. the city life, but you also got surf life. So yeah, um, I think. Yeah moving there at the moment <laughs> yeah right <laughs> or they're moving out of california going to texas yeah or miami yeah <laughs> <laughs> if they can brave it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> all right guys well thank you guys so much for joining um again if you haven't heard of or haven't listened to or haven't seen jack paxton around go ahead and look him up and look up all his amazing companies if you want to adopt a, pet, a little puppy from him please feel free. He'll give you his information. Super cool guy. Glad to, glad to meet you, Jack. I'm glad to talk to you. Um, hope, I hope everyone's super glad with all the information that you just, just gave out a lot of your tips and secrets. Um, but other than that, hope everyone has a great week and Jack, great talking to you. Thanks man. man. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, chat soon. All right, man. Have a good one. Bye.